0: Once again, I just want to thank our parish for quick response. Friday from noon till 8 o'clock, some 1,500 people passed through here to pay their respects to Sandy Lowry and their consolation and prayers to John and the kids. And it's just a beautiful thing to see so many people come together and make this place a place that can be holy. For such occasions. That many people coming through is, leaves quite a disaster behind. And our people just rallied to clean up and then to, to go across, to, you know, to have lunch and see all of those people bring food and all those people serving and then cleaning up. Again, it's from a pastor's point of view, it's so edifying. And me personally, it's inspiring to see people just, they know what needs to be done and they come and do it. And it's a great parish that we have here, and I I hope you all realize uh, what we have, the jewel and the gem that is the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Now, as we think about our readings this week, we need to step back for just a moment to Advent, because Advent was a whole season of listening to the prophet Isaiah speak to a people in darkness. And recall what the darkness was. The darkness was God had just delivered His people, and they had just landed in the Holy Land. God had fulfilled His promise. The sad thing is, is people, being people, forgot who they were, forgot their identity, forgot their purpose. And the minute they got got to the Holy Land, they let their guard down and said, "We've arrived." And they forget that faith is so fragile. They weren't attentive. And all of a sudden, the Assyrians came. And they began the conquering of the Holy Land. And it began with today's readings in the land of Zebulon and Naphtali. So the 12 tribes all settled in different areas around the Holy Land. And the two uppermost were Zebulon and Naphtali. And they were decimated. That's where it began. And then it just trickled down to all the other tribes. Almost completely decimated the whole of the Holy Land. And so, it's not an accident that we hear today that that's where Jesus begins the restoration. He is beginning the restoration at the beginning of the destruction. The rape, the pillage, the plunder that the Assyrians did, you and I cannot imagine it unless we come from a different country that's experienced war. We've not experienced it so much on our turf. Civil war, I guess, but still not the same as what They encounter just a complete slaughter. They don't exist these territories anymore. I mean, Galilee does, but Zebulun and Naphtali don't. And so what Jesus is here to do, if you recall from Christmas, moving from Advent to Christmas, is he has come to save his people. And how is he going to do that? By restoring the 12 tribes. Not the literal 12 tribes. It's going to become a spiritual endeavor And it begins with today's gospel, beginning at the beginning of the decimation. He's beginning the reconstruction by calling 12 disciples who will become the new 12 tribes. You and I are recipients of this labor. He begins very simply. Unlike prior, it was hereditary, the line of David... And we we are familiar with this in some sense because of what just happened in England. The queen dies. Who's next in line? Buddy, whether you want it or not, you're the one. By hereditary. And you can see how that can be good or it could be bad. It can be good in the sense of stabilizing a community, but it can be bad if the person who's next in line doesn't want it or doesn't hold to certain prescriptions and ways of life, which is what gives the stability. Jesus does away with all of that hereditary stuff, and he does it with an invitation. No longer hereditary, it's a simple invitation walking along the sea, and today he picks four of the 12, just the beginning, follow me. And it said, well, the game is on right now, Jesus, so as soon as it's over or halftime, we'll come and follow you. No. As good as the game is, it says immediately. Immediately they left. Their livelihood. Not just a, a, a pastime. Not just an event or an occurrence. They left their livelihood. Instantly. Now, of course, you know, this isn't the first encounter they've had with Jesus. They've known him. Small town, remember? Everyone knows everyone's business. It's like a parish. We all know each other's stuff, for good and ill. So they've had many contacts with Jesus. So this isn't just some guy walking by and they're saying, well, good, we've been wanting to get out of the fishing business forever. (laughs) We'll take the first one that comes along. No. Jesus' invitation, come, follow me. Immediately they drop what they're doing, leave their livelihood and follow him. Or how about Zeb's boys? Not only do they leave their livelihood, but they leave their dad. Now, you and I are living in a world right now where we're seeing, and we're seeing it with broken hearts, myself included, our own family members who are falling away from the faith. It's devastating. You can't force them. We don't want to force them. That's not love. We just have to continue to keep reaching out and extending the invitation, and we need to spend more time on our knees and fasting, at least if we believe what the sacred scriptures tell us about conversion or what Jesus says today, repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. So we see we've experienced people leaving the faith, and we know what that feels like, Now let's turn the tables and sit with Zebedee for a minute. His kids are leaving him for the faith. What a a witness. We have to assume that eventually Zeb followed too. Who knows? But not only did their action affect their own personal lives, Zeb's out of a job now. His workers left him to follow this preacher. So I'm sure he's sitting there in his boat thinking, well, now what? Too young to retire, no employees. Hopefully, he followed the Lord as well. We don't know. That's not been told to us. What we do know is what James and John did. They left their job, they left their dad, and they followed Jesus This is the seeds, the beginning of the church, the beginning of the restoration of the 12 tribes. And it's just simply an invitation, and it's an invitation that you and I should hear this morning once again. Jesus is walking by you, and he is asking you to follow him. The question for us this week to pray over, how far are we willing to go? What are we willing to do? if it's asked of us. They left their livelihood. They left their job to serve the Lord. They left their family to follow him. How far will you go? Again, we're living in tough times where families challenge us in our faith. How far are you willing to go in compromise? Well, if you really love me, Yes, but I've got my convictions. I do love you. I love you so much, I'm willing to do what God did to all of us, let you go. That's how much I'm willing to love you. But I'm not willing to go where you're going because of what I believe. It's a tough question. Needs to be answered. Can't ignore it. At some point, something's going to come up to shake us, to stir us. Today, it's just a simple invitation. Come and follow me. Let's prepare ourselves and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. What is my response? How far am I willing to go for Jesus?